This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Welcome to the Kamloops Insider. Today we are joined by a special guest. Um, it's Steve Booker. 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 Yeah, it's German, so you have to say boo, and then you have to go and then you got to say her. Okay. <laughs> it's a little hard. I was going to I was gonna quiz you about it, because like, the spelling says butcher. Yeah, only if you're Canadian. In Germany, they would say buch her. Buch They'd really finish it off hard, yeah. Buch her. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. I got a little native tongue in me. I'm going to practice that. Yeah. Nice. Oh, you want me to practice right now? Yeah, no, you, yeah, go you ahead. probably should. Buch her. Yeah, that's pretty good. There you go. And she's got like five or six different languages behind her, so. No, just three. Three. The rest just come in with wine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this week on the Kamloops Real Estate Insider, we're going to be talking about modular homes or manufactured homes or mobile homes, whatever you refer them to as. Um, before we jump into that, Allie Carroll's with us today. Good afternoon. And I, I made it here on a snowy afternoon. I, I did give you a pass. Yeah. No, I'm happy I did. I need to practice anyway. So. Yeah, I was just stuck at the office, so it didn't matter for me. <laughs> but uh, it is snowflakes galore outside, and I think it's like the 10th or 11th snowfall after I pretty much said it wouldn't snow again. But here we are. Thanks, Paco. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, let's just jump right in. Steve, tell me about yourself. Well, uh, you guys are lucky. This is my 10th year as being a mortgage broker, so I've got the 10-year the, uh, pen that nice. I'm going to hand out here. Ten year Bring pen. some swag. It is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we've got a stylus at one end, and it's got black ink oh. on the other. So uh, clients, if you're out there, just drop by, and I'll give you one of my 10-year <laughs> pens. So yeah, I've been doing mortgage brokering for about 10 years, uh, wife and three kids. My son is a soccer player, and uh, he's over at Soccer Quest Lots and uh, Campus Youth Soccer. My daughter's with the skating club, and so shout out there to Kamloops Skating Club. And my daughter's part of the Sunrays, and that is synchronized swimming. So you, uh, these mortgages pay for all these sports activities. So, um, And myself, I play soccer, and I have two soccer teams. So interesting fact, and on my over 30 soccer team, I'm now the oldest player, which is just the strangest phenomenon. You nice. know, we all get older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. How old are you? I can't tell you that. You know, <laughs> this is a this is a podcast. It'll be there forever. Right. They might listen to this next year. I'll be a year older. I, I thought only women were the ones who weren't allowed to ask their age. I don't know. I don't know. What's the rules, Allie? Uh, I don't know. You can ask me, and uh, I'll just uh, lie. Just probably. Lie. If you don't tell me, I'll maybe can calculate. You can calculate for uh, sure. We'll catch so, you. We'll catch you off guard yeah. here somewhere. <laughs> so, what year did you graduate, Steve? Oh, interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated from Cam High back in 91, and uh, we did win a football championship our year. So Nice. Uh, yeah. You don't hear a lot about the Red Devils anymore, but uh, those were good days. So that would make you 44. You're somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say we graduated the same year. So. <laughs> yeah, we got you. We got you. Okay, so uh, how long have you been doing mortgages for? This is the 10th year, so... Um, I guess we covered that already. Yeah. <laughs> the 10-year plan. Funny story. This this uh, friend of mine was doing commercial mortgage brokering. So it's totally different than residential. But uh, he was going to a meeting, and he asked me to come. So I went to the meeting, and this gentleman said that he was going to charge $30,000 to do a commercial mortgage brokering deal for this guy. 
So I said to him, I said, you know, why are you charging so much? He says, you don't understand. It's a lot of work. It'll take me six months. I said, I could do your job. How do I become a mortgage broker? So he told me I had to take a test and I had to do a bunch of schoolwork. And I said, I can do that in three weeks. Well, it took four months, but, uh, you know, I started doing it. I started enjoying it. And here we are. Cool. Yeah. What would you say is the one defining element of putting a mortgage together that you like best? Strategy. Okay. Yeah. There's some people who come to me and uh, they're amazing. Everything lines up. They're going to get AAA financing. It's more interesting when some of the people with, uh, let's say, bad credit or maybe people with uh, some income issues, maybe their stated income, maybe they have a business, uh, maybe they have no credit at all. So just giving people strategy on how to get into a house. That's really fascinating for me. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you, do you, do you ever do any like private lending or anything outside of the box? Yeah, probably two or three a month. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, as the government rules have changed, more and more people are getting pushed to second mortgages. Right. Um, alternatively, if somebody has a first mortgage for two and a half percent interest, you know, we don't want to break that for yeah. a current mortgage, which could be three and a half percent interest. So sometimes we'll put a high interest second on the back end because it's actually cheaper. Right. So. so just for the listeners, let's just define what a second mortgage is. Um, so mortgages are listed as first, second, third, fourth. And so a second mortgage would essentially go behind your first mortgage. So if you have a TD mortgage or a Scotia mortgage, this would be a, a mortgage you put in behind that mortgage. Right. And what is the, the risk for the second mortgagee? So what they're looking at is, is if you didn't pay your bills and they had to foreclose on you, how much money would they lose? So they're going to look at six months of mortgage payments. So if you're promising to pay them 500 bucks a month for six months, they might calculate it at nine months because um, there's usually a three-month period where they wait to see if you can make a payment. But they'll look at nine payments. They're going to look at how much it's going to cost for a lawyer. They're going to look at all that stuff and decide, can we sell this house for enough money to cover our bills? Right. And if these, and the answer is yes, and they believe in you, they think you can make the payments, then they'll give you a second mortgage. Right. If there isn't enough equity or they're uh, not excited about your income or your credit or something, then they'll say, nope, sorry, we're not the right lender for right. you. Right. But like realistically, if there's a, let's say a TD or a Royal Bank mortgage as a first and somebody comes on as a second, let's say it's a five-year term, three years in, the house depreciates in value because of like poor ownership or, you know, a, a tree falls on the house, whatever and never repaired or never insured to be repaired. The risk on the second is that if the first forecloses, they get their money first. That's correct. Right? So the second is sort of left out in the, in the toolies a little bit in, in certain circumstances, right? Yeah, you know, the second mortgages, it's interesting. They price everything as if it seems to me that one in 10 mortgages is going to fail. So they price it right into the right. into the, the the charge that you pay. It's like a CMHC charge when a first time home buyer buys a house with less than twenty percent down. They're paying CMHC three four percent under the understanding that not everybody is going to be able to pay their bills. Right. So CMHC takes that three to four percent, pays some of their bills, and has it in reserve in case there is a shortfall. Right. So private lenders do the same. Cool. Interesting. Um, let's jump in, uh, let's jump into these, uh, manufactured homes. I want to start by just kind of categorizing the three terms that are often used and sometimes misused, um, modular home, 
manufactured home, and mobile home. Now, even we, we t- chatted before we started the podcast, and you even had a kind of a different version of what all those types mean. But I'm going to give you what the real estate type version is, or the or my own personal. Way. Yeah, let, let's hear the Parker version. Okay, the Parker version. <laughs> so, a mobile home is a home that has the ability to be moved, and by that I mean it has rails underneath it. In a lot of cases, older would typically have even axles. So, underneath the skirting around the outside of the home, you would see like axles, a, a wheel or a drum, even where the brakes were. Sometimes you'd even have like the, the front hitch where it would be towed, would all be kind of covered underneath. And that was the original version of mobile home. Then moving into a modular home is any two pieces of a manufactured home that are being connected together. So if you have a double wide, potentially, actually not potentially, that, that would be considered to be a, a modular home, something that's being connected together in two, two pieces. Then in a manufactured home, is a home that's just being manufactured in some sort of factory setting. So realistically, a mobile home could be considered a manufactured home. A manufactured home could be a modular home, and a modular home could be a mobile home. It really just depends on kind of what you're talking about. And then to get even deeper, we got a couple different CSA versions of what each one is. And slowly, I think we're just kind of more moving into the fact that there's two general CSAs for, for these types of manufactured homes. And they're going to slowly just see a classification between the two. And that would be the CSA Z240 and the CSA uh, A277, which are kind of commonly um, referred to now. But in the olden days, we just didn't have them. Like, in, like you were talking, like 1978 mobile home in a trailer park somewhere that's not you're not going to see those csa classifications on there because back then they just it was just a csa approved that's all we kind of really governed it by so and not like this is good content for anybody who really cares but like just to make a point the csa z240 is like a national standard which is basically a building code for manufactured homes so they're saying if you're building a manufactured home, this is, the, this is a code, and it meets this code. However, that doesn't mean that in the jurisdiction that you're in, that that code is okay. So, for instance, we follow the national code, the Canadian National Building Code, and if you were to bring a manufactured home into BC, it would have to have the CSA A277, which is a standard which basically says, it's not a code in itself, but it's a standard that says, this meets the code for the jurisdiction that you're putting it in. And I don't want to talk about it any further than that because that's just complicated in itself. (laughs) And I don't think anyone really needs to know what that is, except for maybe the mortgage broker. Well, you know, mortgage brokers... Uh, don't love mobile homes anymore. I got to tell you. Yep. So when you talk to me about classifications of mobile, modular, manufactured home. Um, You're already trying to figure a way to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard. So over the years, I've just developed relationships with some local banks and some credit unions. And uh, I, I guide the client on how to get this loan together. Um, when we hear the word mobile, 
most of the banks think the word junk. So if you're buying a mobile, and again, please don't take any offense. Every man's house is his castle. So I'm talking about your castle. I'm really sorry. Uh, but mobile, the banks are really interested in how many years is this mobile going to be left standing? So if they say that your economic life is 15 years, you're going to hear that term, it means they'll give you an amortization of 10 years. So when you look at the mortgage calculator, you might be calculating payments based on a 10-year term or a 5-year term. Um, mobile homes typically still have their wheels on it. They still have their hitch. Um, and they may be registered or deregistered. So the, the word registered means that uh, they've actually gone onto a database and they've said this, this uh, unit is allowed to be moved anywhere in the province at any time. It's just like licensing a car. Um, deregistered means that you've taken the wheels off of it. The wheels are off, and you will never be allowed to move it again. Now, interestingly enough, if you go to a lake in British Columbia, you'll see some beachfront property, and there'll be a mobile on it, and it may actually be deregistered in a mobile home park in Maple Ridge. Right. And the buyer will not be able to buy it because technically it's still property of a Maple Ridge mobile home park. So right. just some interesting things that come up with mobiles. Uh, manufactured homes... Uh, again, it's a no-go zone for me. Um, manufactured homes, they look similar to a mobile. They're better constructed. They've got that 1995 uh, code, whether it's a CSA 240 or the Z140. Um, nice units, but again, the banks are expecting that these are, are mobile. They can be moved again. Right. So as a broker, I love to see uh, the modular homes. Modular homes are built in a factory, weather-controlled. They're, they're like SIPs, where they have uh, special foam in between the walls. They're transported as a unit. And on site, they are only put on concrete foundations. So is your place on a concrete foundations? Well, chances are this is something we can get a mortgage on. So what do you get on a mobile? That's a question for you. If you can't get a mortgage on a mobile, what do you get? You get nothing. You get a chattel loan. It's a car loan. Yeah. It's like walking into Zimmer Wheaton and ordering a great new car. You're going to pay maybe 7% or 8% yeah, for an say, older car. You're not going to get the same interest rates as no. the 0% uh, down, 0% five-year. Uh, yeah. yeah, so when you look at the interest rates available for mobile homes or manufactured homes, a lot of times you're going to hear prime plus one or prime plus two, and uh, currently prime is you know sitting about 5.49, so... You're going to be 6.49% for your mortgage rate. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess the other part is, is uh, if you do have a home and uh, it is manufactured, they're going to start talking to you about how that home is anchored. Like, is it anchored to the earth? Is there some wires that go from your uh, mobile home unit into the ground? That means it's anchored and can't be moved. I don't know why banks care about this. Maybe there's a tornado risk or something, but uh, they do care. They they like the idea that when it's deregistered, it is some sort of there is some sort of anchor point, whether it be a foundation or a cable that holds it to the ground. But I I, I promise you that this is not something that is monitored or governed, because I have seen uh, you know those little uh, twisty things you you tie your dog up to at the park. <laughs> I've seen those in the ground with a, a piece of cable around it, and that satisfies yeah. banks that it's it's anchored to the ground and it can't go anywhere. Yeah, the appraiser is the one that you have to hire to go out there and review the, the site, and they're not trained to decide. They're not engineers, so they're yeah. not trained to decide if the anchoring is sufficient. 
just merely if it exists or not. So Right. So I'm going to set up a scenario for you. And you tell me what, how you would process this. Okay. I'm going to set up two scenarios. One would be, and this is a pretty common one for realtors, I, I just can't afford a $350,000 house. Not that there even exists anymore in Kamloops, but single family anyways. But um, I can definitely afford, you know, a mortgage payment of 200000 And there's a, there's a nice new mobile manufactured modular, however they see it, sitting in a park in Silver Sage. And I want to get a mortgage on it. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the question, is Silver Sage Bearland Strata or is it lease? It's going to be lease land. All right, so let's talk a little bit about leases. So what a lease means is that you are renting the land from a landlord. So leases can change. Typically, your lease will include the, uh, the landscaping, some snow plowing, some water, some sewer, but it's, it's a type of rent. And so the bank is going to want a document from you called a site lease agreement, and uh, that allows the bank the ability to trespass on the property to foreclose if they have to. If the property owner says, sorry, we will not allow you to trespass, we're not signing a site lease agreement, it means the bank will never lend you money and only a cash buyer can buy it. So back to you, does the Silver Sage place allow this site lease to be signed? That's a good question. I, there's a couple parks that do and a couple that don't. So I think Silver Sage doesn't. I, I don't believe they, they do sign a silver uh, a, a site lease. But I could be wrong. And I'm sure if I am, someone will make sure that they've made a comment that I am wrong on that. But, but it's a good point. Basically, if you're, if you're buying a home, like a manufactured modular home, however you want to call it, and it's, it's, it's in a park where you don't own the land and you, you have a, a lease agreement in place, whether it's a, a site lease or if it's just a month-to-month lease, which can be, they, they can overlap. Um, basically, what you're saying, Steve, is that getting financing on this product is going to be very difficult. No, not necessarily. What I'm saying is that you just have to ask the right questions. Um, for me, the process I would take you through is, is, you know, math doesn't lie. I would say, what do you pay for rent? Yep. And you'd tell me, well, Steve, I pay 1500 And I say, well, is there anything on top of that? And you say, no, it's all in. I'd say, okay, well... You're going to buy this $200,000 manufactured home. Your interest rate's going to be 6.5%. So your payment could be twelve fifty to three hundred. Plus, you're going to have some property taxes. And then you've got your heat and you've got some uh, pad rent on top of that. Hey, we're at 1700 bucks a month. Are you sure this is the way you want to go? And so that's kind of how we, we would have the conversation. Right. And when you get into the property that's worth 30000 bucks. Oh, I love that conversation. And it's... Yeah. It seems affordable because it's it's just priced better than, you know, anywhere. You, you got to live somewhere. Yeah. And you know, one term that I commonly think of and bring myself back to when you see a maybe like a rundown trailer is, you know, somebody could be buying that's coming from a tent, and that is a step in the right direction, right? It's 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 moving to a better facility. So you can't really make the judgment call as, as a, you know, just a bad investment because the tent may not have been a very good investment either, hmm. right? So you're, you are making a, a, a better step in the right direction. But um, let's talk about the investment aspect of it because manufactured homes, modular homes, mobile homes are a depreciating asset. 
Yep, treated just like a car. Once right. a car is older than seven years, it's it's basically a, a junk value or scrap value. But if you buy a 1981 Buick Skylark, it's worth 2,500. In 10 years, it'll still be worth 2,500. So there's a there's almost a basement of right. price that we we reach. Mm. So when we look at an older mobile, I have to talk to a client about your business plan. So if you're paying 1,200 for rent for a three bedroom. Or we could buy, uh, there's a place on the market right now, I think it's three or four bedrooms for 60000 If we were to buy that place, our costs are going to be 450 for the pad rent, 300 for the mortgage, now we're at 850 uh, maybe another 100 bucks for uh, uh, power and stuff. So we're saving money based on the rent. So I know when I sell that trailer, I'm not selling it for 60 I might sell it for 40 So we just calculate how many months you have to own it until you've 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 saved enough uh, money. Right. So if you say okay, the end value is forty thousand, you take the twelve hundred rent minus the nine fifty new cost, and you go okay, we've got two hundred and fifty dollars a month. How many months till two fifty equals the right. twenty thousand dollars loss? Right. But let's say the place allows rentals. Right. What do you think I could rent a three bedroom trailer for in Kamloops? What do you think that rent's going to be in five years? What do you think the rent's going to be in 10 years? Right. We see rents going up ludicrously. So yeah. this person could save 250 bucks a month, put it into a bank account, save up a down payment on another place, and instead of selling the trailer, they keep it right. and make it a rental. And it's a great business plan. Yeah. As long as the land lease, the, the site lease, does not go through the roof. Like, if, if they're on the move, which they tend <laughs> to be, they have been on the move mm -hmm. consistently in the last few years, um, you know, 450 bucks is not abnormal for a, for a site pad rental at, uh, in Brock or, you know, there's Dallas Valley view West side. There's a bunch of parks around and, uh, you know, it used to be 125 bucks, 200 bucks seemed like a good deal. Cause it's not really a big commodity to pay. You know, if you're buying a 30 or $40,000, you know, modular home. It doesn't seem that bad, right? But now you're into 500 bucks. You're almost into a mortgage payment in itself, yeah. right? So let, let's talk about that. Let's say you have to sell your property. Um, I've unfortunately had situations where family members have passed away. So let's we, say we have an age-restricted property. The person's 55 years and up, only allowed to live in the property. No rentals, no pets, no nothing. So what happens is that that family or that estate has to pay the 450 a month, 450 a month, 450 a month, 450 a month until finally a buyer comes along. So you might see an appraisal on the property for 100,000, but that thing may not sell until a cash buyer comes along. Yeah, you really limit your pool of buyers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. The, again, it's it's a danger and and I do need to put that out there. It is a danger when you look at these types of homes, but there is a business plan there. Right. Okay, I'm going to jump into a different scenario for you. A little better one. Scenario two. Scenario two. Okay. Uh, two acres just outside of Pritchard, and it's got a 1979 uh, <laughs> mobile home on it. It has been deregistered, and it, um, it has a concrete foundation underneath it. <sighs> but let's talk about the barriers to entry for a buyer. Because, like, a lot of people want to move to acreages. They can't afford seven, $800,000 two-acre parcel land with a stick frame house on it. But the modular home on two acres tends to be more reasonably priced. 
And if the way you're talking, the business plan, what's the business plan? The business plan is always the same. (laughs) We'll live in the home, we'll tear it down and we'll build. However, I, I rarely see that happen because the value in that home tends to stick at that basement level and it never seems to really justify tearing down and rebuilding. Yeah. So, so how do we get into that property? What, what kind of down payment would be typical? What, what kind of terms would a bank kind of have for us? What kind of interest rates would we be looking at? All right. So first of all, 1979 mobile means that, that we're almost dead in the water. As soon as you hear that, you think, okay, we'll never get a mortgage on the building structure part. Now, you said it's on concrete. Now, it's possible that this thing's been grandfathered, and when you pull title, it has no CSA numbers, it has nothing on it. It's just treated as a house. If that's the case, you can get CMHC mortgage on this 5% down, and you're laughing all the way to the bank. Um, what they will sometimes do is they'll say, okay, this is a 1979 mobile. What improvements have been made to the mobile? Has the CSA number been updated? You know from being a home inspector about the, the CSA numbers and constantly staying in tune with the electrical codes and such. But what upgrades have been done? If this thing looks immaculate, it looks brand new, brand spanking new, we might be able to get CMHC approval on this through a credit union type of a bank, maybe right. with as little as 20% down. Right. You're not getting you're not getting in for five percent down though. I, I'm gonna say no because I've never seen a really really nice 1978 mobile. Right. But uh, in theory, it's possible if this thing was like diamonds and brand new roof and yeah, <laughs> good finish. They they rarely are. Yeah. They just yeah. rarely are. So um, it, the secret to financing this is a lot of times the 1979 mobile will be junk. It'll look like junk, and you look at it and you think, this thing is worthless. You pull out the BC assessment, and it says the land's worth 500000 and the building's worth maybe 12000 That's exactly the way the bank sees it. Right. So what we do is we get a land-only mortgage, mm-hmm. either 50% uh, down, and in some cases we can purchase that land-only value for as little as 25% down. Right. So if uh, a landowner is deceased or somebody's looking to sell that property, Remember, they have to drop their price until a cash buyer comes along. They're just, it's, it's hard to get the bank financing. Yep. So you might get a great deal on some land. Right. Yeah. Roger that. And then there's a whole bucket of other things that need to kind of collaborate in that with uh, updates, like a BC electrical Well, that's where the land-only value totally makes sense. We yeah. are, we're claiming it's junk. We're agreeing with them it's junk. We're not using a penny of value of the building. Right. And we're doing it on land-only value. Okay. When you buy land, it's 25% down? In some cases, but most of the time it's 50%. Right. But uh, yeah, you can call so me with a scenario. that's a significant barrier to entry on a $300,000 yeah. two-acre parcel. you got to come up with one hundred and fifty. Like, yeah. realistically, you can go, I mean, depending on what you would debt service, but I would say, like, if you have 150 cash in the bank and you want acreage, you could probably find something with stick frame, you know, with that kind of down payment, I would think. Yep, know that uh, definitely there would be more options for you. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing. When we talk about manufactured mobile or... Um, uh, modular homes that are that are out in the sticks, two acre parcel, Barnhartville, you know, wherever it is outside of the, the the area. If it doesn't have a concrete foundation on it, there's a good chance that the underbelly of that trailer 
is toast. Ooh, is this Home Inspector Parker this speaking from experience? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever been underneath one that didn't have a really good bucket list of, of remediation that's required because there's like a belly pad underneath there that um, the first time you get a plumbing leak or you, you do something to your ducting or you add something in that wasn't original in the, in the home, you tear a piece of integrity of the belly of that home, which is the only thing that stops critters from entering hmm. and they don't ever get repaired. So then it's open to infestation of critters, mice, rodents, um, and then you got cats that hang out underneath there, whether you got feral <laughs> cats or not, they just always <laughs> seem to pop up and then it just becomes like a, a working hazard underneath there. And then the homeowner doesn't want to go underneath there cause they, it, it smells bad or it looks atrocious with insulation falling down. And then it becomes like off limits and it becomes its own ecosystem. <laughs> and yeah, there's very few of them that I've ever crawled underneath. That was just thumbs up. I, I, I don't even know if I found one. Well, can I share a happy story? Happy story. So yep. there is this mobile home. It was in Pritchard, and uh, we called it a Planet of the Apes building because mm -hmm. I do, trust me when you look at this thing, it looked like a crash spaceship. They had added a pod and a room and another pod and another room and a greenhouse, and nothing matched. Yeah. It was Planet of the Apes crashed mobile home building, and uh, they bought this thing because it was so cheap. Yep. And uh, they've built on it. They have an amazing view. And they got about 10 acres with this property. So they went in eyes open, knowing that they would be living in these conditions for a period of time. But uh, they, they, they made the dream happen. Right. So it well, can happen. That's like saying you're coming in with a plan, right? You've yep. got to have a plan. I'll, I'll, share, I'll share a good story. It's an investment story. Occasionally, you will see, like, in a, in a park atmosphere um, with leased land, you'll, you'll, you'll tend to see one that's just, like, 15 or 20,000 bucks. Okay because they just can't update it. It gets to the point where nobody wants to buy it. It's totally defunct. And from a mortgage perspective, it has no value. And a lease, what's a lease worth? Nothing, right? It's, it's not worth anything. But if you were to purchase just about any modular mobile home for $15,000, you can renovate one almost like with new carpet and paint, <coughs> throw some good used appliances in it, a new furnace, get a BC electrical safety update. I mean, you could spend $20,000 on it. But those things, like you say, when they have a basement value, if they're tittled up, the basement value is always like sixty or $70,000. Yeah, I agree with that. So you, you, there is guys that flip them based on the fact that they can get in. You know, it's better if there's no additions on it. Like if it's just a straight rectangular box, go in, get it cleaned up, put some new appliances in it, put some flooring in it, paint the cabinets, put a new furnace. The furnace always needs to be replaced in those <laughs> situations. It's got a metal roof. There's typically not a whole lot to work to do on that. The envelopes are usually aluminum. They, they, they usually have some gray areas, but for the most part, there's not a whole lot of work that can be done there. And then because no bank will lend money on it, a lot of times these guys will end up financing them. So they're, they're taking the mortgage and the risk on because it's their product and it's just a never-ending cycle where if, if when those guys need to exit strategy out of the, into a newer property or whatever, then they're always willing to buy it back at a reduced value and repeat and repost. So um, 
there, there's some value to doing that, but you, it's it's an interesting world there's that you'd be walking plan. into. There's your business plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then like owning a park is the same sort of strategy. Like if you if you have a park and you have 35 or 45 sites and you have these uh, manufactured homes on there, mobile homes that are all, you know, for the most part, a lot of them get pretty defunct. And when they stop making pad fees, when they stop paying their, their rent on the land, they foreclose on them, which if there's no mortgage, you're okay because you're just going to end up with a home. You rebuild it, you know, you get it back on the market and you're going to end up taking the mortgage on yourself. And you just, this cycles, this never ending repeat process, which can be actually quite viable financially. <laughs> there you go. That's the plan. That's the plan. Um, <clears throat> any other rural requirements? So for rural, what we're looking for is a all season road. Right. So sometimes we'll see lakefront properties where it's only a three season type property. Yeah. And then the only thing we can use it for is as a recreational type property, maybe use Genworth as our default insurer because right. banks will not risk anything. So if you haven't you heard the word default insurer, it's basically a co-signer that will pay for any bank losses if you don't pay your bills. Right. So they would get Genworth involved, even at 50%, 65 75% loan to value. They'd still want that assurance that uh, Genworth will pay for their losses. Right. So now going into recreation, if it defaults to a recreation-type property, the financing is different. could just come on its own. Well, it's just a different... Um, a different style of mortgage because right. it would be, uh, we call it a vacation property or a second home because it's not the person's intention to be there all year round, right. uh, even if they could snowmobile to the school, school bus or get groceries by airplane or something. It's still yeah. a yeah. three-season or two-season type property. Cool. Um, what would you say, Ali, to uh, your experiences in the... Uh... Well, I've had several situations that... Uh, where people say, I have 5000 down. Yep. And uh, they just think about it like a house. I, I have 5000 down, so I can afford that thirty grand or $15,000 mobile. And I'm going to go to Steve, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's going to help me out. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've had several situations like that, but people don't understand that they depreciate. You're not going to get your 25 years. You're going to get 10 or 5. And... Yeah. Uh, so it's always good to, to ask Steve so he can educate me and yep. explain <laughs> that situation. That the process, how it goes. I mean, I, I think so. you said it best when you said, like, what's your game plan? What's your mm -hmm. business plan? Yeah. There, there's a way to win with mobile homes, but it's not as big of a piece of pie as it's going to be on a regular stick frame type property. And you just have to be careful that if you're buying land and a mobile that mobile is going to depreciate. Land will appreciate. They will eventually overlap and offset, and land will, will take off on you. But there's going to be a stagnant period where your land's appreciating, your home is depreciating, and then the total is not appreciating for a while. Um, if you're in a park with, with a lease agreement, it's just going to be a depreciating asset like a, like a boat or a truck. It's just going to eventually get to the point where it hits its basement value, and, and it's, it's a losing cause. Um, I've had this conversation with clients before that, that didn't care. They wanted the nicest thing in a park that they could buy, and they've convinced me that their business plan made sense. They, they had an exit strategy that from here, that, you know, it was an option, didn't want an apartment. At, when I'm 15, 20 years into this place, they'll be moving me into, like, a secondary home, right? Like, it's going to be, 
care facility from here on out. So it was a good way to transition where you still get to walk out the door, have a dog, maybe a little small fenced area. It, it does make sense, but your business plan, it kind of has to be on point. You got to know what the in, what's the exit strategy? What, what's my expectation and value? Am I going to make money? Am I going to lose money? If I'm losing money, does it make sense to just hold out and maybe buy stick frame stuff or strata stuff that would appreciate even at a better rate? Um, but yeah, it's kind of a good, we should create like, here is your marketing, your, here's your, here's your business plan to buying a modular home and get people to fill it out. And if they can't, if they, if they stumble on it, like it doesn't make sense that, you know, I would buy this because I'm going to lose money. Four ninety nine at chapters. I would like to see that book. There you I go. could <laughs> sell that book all day. There you go. <laughs> I have one more question for you, Steve. Yeah, sure. So there are people that say, okay, I'm going to buy land because they want land for the kids to run around. It has a mobile, so it makes it a little cheaper than if you have the big house. But I want some kind of mortgage that once I'm done or while I'm living there, I can build another. Can you get a mortgage? Or I've heard things like, oh, you can. Uh, you put so much to make sure that you're taking that mobile down once you're done building. And they want to go all in. Like I want to tell you, you know what? My intention is to buy that. I want to build a house while I live in the mo- on the mobile. How do you do that mortgage? Or how do people, what do they need down? What do they need? Yeah, so it's, um, we have different zonings out there in the rural areas. So sometimes people are buying uh, a property with a zoning that allows two houses. So this would be like your, your A1 zoning. So it's actually legal to have two. And so sometimes they keep the second property and rent it out or they have family living there. Um, alternatively, um, they have to promise the lender that on the day they apply for the um, final occupancy that the trailer is gone. And they'll be telling the TNRD that uh, as well. So it's not a barrier. Okay, yeah. And that was exactly what I was looking for. Because sometimes when there is not, it, when it's not allowed to have two dwellings, that is... That yeah, they, they, they usually give like, a, I don't know if it's actually titled a variance, but some sort of variant type rule where it's, when final occupancy is on the main dwelling, then the, the old dwelling must yeah. be removed. I know they don't like doing it because there's, it's still very difficult to enforce when they come back and they say, okay, it's time to take this manufactured home and, and ditch it. And you just say no. Like there's really not a whole lot they can do. They can register some stuff on title, which makes it very difficult to sell or refinance later. But if you own the property outright, it's, it, it's very difficult. Like it's, they, they just can't come there and hook onto it and tow it out of there. So yeah. it, there, there's some stipulations with it. I've been involved in that before. And, uh, but I wanted to go back to something you said earlier where, uh, a, when it's a registered, uh, mobile home that you can just pick it up and take it anywhere. Correct. You can't, you cannot move that sucker without a, a legal destination when you pull your permit, your transport permit to move them. So I get these comments where, Hey, I know where there's a, $3,000 home and I'll just stick it on this property until I get my house built. But like you say, if the zoning doesn't, re- if the zoning doesn't fit, you know, you just can't move them. It's very difficult to even move them off your property without a destination. It's easier to destroy them. Right. Yeah. That's the difference between the registered and the deregistered is the only place you can take a deregistered mobile home is the garbage dump. Right. So that's the distinction between the two. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Ali, back to your comment about this bare land with the mobile home. So 
business plan. What I see is it has a septic system. That's 15000 mm-hmm. It has a road system. That's anywhere from five to 25000 It's got power to the unit. Right. What's a power pole? 1000 bucks a pole? How many poles to get to your house? So the land may actually be worth 150000 an acre, but you're getting the, the septic system, fifteen grand. You're getting the power system, maybe that's ten to $20,000. you are getting the road, that's 25000 The infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times you're getting it for free. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So there is a total business plan, and there's a total way to see value in those older mobile homes. Sure. You just have to have some cash. Got to have cash. Gotta cash have is king. cash to get in. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, on, uh, on that note, any, any closing thoughts? If we have more questions, we'll definitely call you, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. So l- let's get this out there. Ideally, you're not the guy to go see for uh, a-, a modular home in a park. Is that correct? Yeah. When clients come and see me, I do the business plan spiel with them. I give them the mobile home speech and we work together to make sure their credit's going to be good enough. But then I refer off my site. There is no lender that I can connect to that, that will do this type of home. So I will find you a nice bank to work with. Um, but the business plan, Sometimes after chatting with me, people say, you know what, maybe the mobile home's not right for me. Maybe I need to rent a bit more. Maybe I need to save up a bit more. So that's the way to use me as a mortgage broker um, in, in, instead of asking for financing help. Sure. Now, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can try by my cell, 250-682-6077, or Facebook, uh, Steve Booker Mortgage Intelligence. I'm third and Nicola, just below the hospital, across from Pratt's Pharmacy. That's the building with all the dentists in it. So if you get your teeth cleaned, come get a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Get a filling and pay for it. Yeah, if you have questions, you can put them onto the Facebook page or just put them underneath this video, and uh, we'll do our best to get answers to you. Okay, man, I appreciate you coming and taking time out of your day to come talk to us about something that you must be deeply rooted and passionate about, manufactured homes. Deeply. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming out today.